HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by One House. Learn more about our comprehensive hospitality solutions at one-haus.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, October 26, 2016. This is the 121st episode of the series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guests are siblings and co-founders of a new family foundation for the culinary industry, and I will introduce them in a moment. First, as I do on every show, I will start out with my PR tip. Then later, we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question, which actually has a twist this week, so you have to wait to see what that is. Now, as the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to keep things all in the family. If you get along well with your family and see ways that you can work together, why not pursue business opportunities as a team? There's nothing wrong with working with your relatives, and actually there are benefits, such as knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses. You can be very successful if you have the right dynamic for business. So consider working family style and building name recognition for your clan. That is my tip today. I'm very happy to have a dynamic family duo here in the studio. So they are Luis von Richten and Cedric von Richten, co-founders with their father, John George, of Food Dreams Foundation, a John George Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to bridging the gap between students and the working community by offering scholarships, training, and job placement opportunities. Luis is currently the head of business development at the Chef's Club in New York, overseeing all of the new concepts. And Cedric, a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America, worked his way up to his current title of Chef de Cuisine at Perry Street in New York City. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Hello. So excited to have you both here. We're excited. We're excited to be here. 
So, yes, family, work together. You're both in the industry. I and John George, I'm uh, having him as your dad, I can't imagine, because I'm just such a huge fan of his. Um, but I like to start out with backgrounds. Like, how did you get into the industry and growing up around the culinary world? Did you see yourself staying within it? Or was there a point where you thought maybe you didn't want to do things in, in culinary? I mean, I, it started since when I was nine years old. So, I mean, he was at the Lafayette Hotel in New York City. And, you know, I would go to school, high, um, a high school, but uh, how do you call that? Uh, elementary school. Uh-huh. And after school, you know, coming back home. I mean, the home was the hotel that time because, you know, we were staying at the Lafayette Hotel where he was working also. And basically go there and play in the kitchen and go in pastry and roll things, you know, marzipans and just create little things. And at, at that time, you know, this is what I wanted to do. And I didn't see any other careers I wanted to do that. Uh, eventually, we went back in France, and at 14 years old, that's when I went to cooking school. So did a little bit of math and English, but in a lot of cooking. That's kind of you know the, the degree you do over there, and cook uh, and work for all various different chefs um, in France. And eventually, travel a lot and came back in New York City and work for my father. That's that's I knew since very young I wanted to uh, follow that path basically. Did your father encourage you to be a chef or, or dis- disencourage you at all? He was really against at the beginning. Uh, so when we moved in France with my sister and my mother, mm-hmm. and my mother, you know, gave him the call. And he's like, you know, Cedric wants to, uh, wants to cook. He's like, no, 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 go do something <laughs> else. be a doctor or something. Which, right. you know, be a doctor, a lawyer, which, by the way, I mean, it's a lot of hours. is very difficult as well. But you want me to do something else. And didn't agree. And that's why I kind of I went first and worked for other chefs and um, see you know by myself and see mm-hmm. how they you know before working for my father how they do and kind of grow myself you know by, work by my, on my own uh, and then you know eventually when you know when I graduated when I was 17 years old my father was like okay you know all right you you made it that far I'm going to send you to Bahamas and you know do one opening there so I went there worked for three months he's like okay now I'm going to send you to London and do another opening go there. I'll send you to Hong Kong this time. So you keep on, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I was young, you know, between, that was all between 17 and 19 years old and really opened up my, my eyes on a lot of different cultures and, and different variation of food and, you know, flavors and way of working in the kitchen. And, you know, after, well, after 19 years old, I said, my father says, you know, like, I think you, you, you need also a little bit of more management um, background. And that's when I went to the CIA. I did four years over there. A bachelor degree and you know all the financial HR all the all that stuff that is very important aspect also of the, the hospitality business and then at that point went to John George uh, worked my way all the way up to uh, sous chef and then he's like one day he's like okay you know we have a position at Perry Street are you interested you know like that's going to be your your show you'll develop your own you know uh, dishes and your own team put together your team etc and and there we go six years later it's it's great because you got you you got a tremendous amount of experience around the world, mm-hmm. not just working with your dad. And now you're, you know, you worked your way up to where you are now, and it's, exactly. it's a it's a great path. I think he wanted to test me and make sure if it, this yeah. is really what I wanted. <laughs> I so. think he sent you to the Bahamas and was like, let's see if he just you know gives up and just becomes <laughs> like a surfer or something. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> Bahamas was a little too much fun. You know, not only yeah. the opening, yeah. but the beach and everything. <laughs> right. so, yeah. 
So what about you, Louise? Um, so for me, it was uh, always an industry that I've been exposed, just like Cedric said it. We, I was born pretty much in a hotel also, so I was born in New York. And I've always been exposed to it as, as a diner and going to the kitchen to see my dad and going to restaurants uh, with the family. So it's really a new universe that was surrounding us all the time, 24-7. And even when we went back to France, uh, all the time that we spent with my, my father, our father, it was around the kitchen, around food. Um, so I, I started very young to love the industry and to be fascinated by the art of tables, of you know how people, like their face change when they go to an experience in a restaurant and they have a good time, they try amazing food, there's an amazing decor. So I always knew that I wanted to do something related to it. Um, I didn't want to be a chef, but I wanted to uh, open restaurants and open hotels also. That was always my dream. So I studied for, for that. I went to my undergrad, I did mostly like a finance background. Uh, and then I worked in operation uh, with, within the, the family business. I was a, a manager at the Mercer Kitchen for about two years. And then I did my grad school. It was also finance, but related to the hospitality industry. And then worked in Dubai, uh, Hong Kong a little bit, and then finally went back to uh, went back to, to New York and Aspen to open the Chef's Club, the first Chef Club that I opened. And um, so it's really something that uh, is, I think, in our blood because we've been exposed to it so much. And it was something natural to us. And uh, so, yeah, that's really something fun and beautiful that's link. It's, it's a link to the family. Yes. And I, the experience you guys have from working around the world just blows my mind that you worked in Dubai and Hong Kong. and um, You worked in Hong Kong, too. Right. Hong Kong, Spain, also. I mean, we yeah. you know, a lot yeah. of a uh, lot of different places. It really opens up your your mind and see things right. differently, and even your palate and how to deal hospitality with people in front of the house, but as well, you know, in the kitchen. It's know? very so different, yeah, the way you deal with people, like from country to another. Yeah, and I, I was I was looking on John George's website just about how many restaurants he has, and they're all around the world. And I mean, growing up with with a father who was opening restaurants everywhere i mean was that was that hard or was that just something that um just opened your eyes to to new experiences um for, for me it was uh, opening eyes um to these no limits uh, uh -huh. and it was always uh looking at him opening in so many different places and and visiting those different places which actually i didn't go to all the restaurants i don't think you you have either maybe 80 percent of them but they still <laughs> we haven't been to all of them i yet. haven't either i don't know May, i might be at like 20 or 30 percent <laughs> i think for me it was very inspiring and you know uh, limitless mm -hmm. and uh I think it's great. I think it's fun to, to see that, uh, you know, uh, he was able to open in so many different countries. And he's been always uh, very international. And I think that's the way we grew up also, like eating, since we were very young, eating international food, okay. uh, dealing with international different people, different culture. Uh, it's really something that um, is part of, part of us. It's and the part way of our life. Up. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... I was also on the site, I, was, I went to the um, the page about who's on the team and there was this lovely video showing with uh, employees who've worked for John George and, and many have worked there for many, many years mm -hmm. and just showing that, that appreciation for what he has taught them. And like, I, I feel when people stay with companies for a long time, it just says so much about the brand. Mm -hmm. There's this loyalty and there's this, 
and and working up within the industry, I think, is something that's happened with many people. Challenge also, mm-hmm. and the opportunity to you know, well, if you really. Uh, motivated and you want to go work somewhere you know in Dubai or you want to go in Tokyo like there's always opportunities so you know that's right people love that yeah Yeah. so how did the idea for Food Dreams Foundation come about so actually it was a very fun fun story because um, we were actually um, my dad and I were driving up at the country house like we do most of the weekends and we were talking about like how you know Great it is, all the foundation that comes to us and asks for donation. But we were at the same time thinking, you know, what about us? Like, why don't we do one? And we actually know where the money and the donation are going. And we can actually see how many students or how, how much you can actually help uh, in a way or another. So I, that time, actually, I dropped uh, money on the floor in the car. And I say, where, where should I put it? And he said, well, put it in the JG Foundation. But it was a joke. And I said, well, that's why not, actually? And then a week later, I I created like a a small business plan for the foundation. And I think he didn't expect it to to turn into reality (laughs) at the beginning because it was really a joke. And I shared it with with my brother, Cedric, and and my dad. And I said, why don't we actually do a foundation ourselves? And it becomes a family foundation that was really important to do something that we can all three of us do together. And a foundation that can, you know, help students that are passionate about the industry but just cannot access to an education because they don't have money, they don't have connection, they don't have support, and help those passionate students to get an education and then to have access to training program within the company and then we can help them to find to find a job. Um, so I think it's something that we really loved the three of us and like I said it was really also for us to, to do a project together linked to the industry that we all love but to do something with, with it and to help people but to do something a project family project and, it, and it's only the beginning but it's been you know it's been so very, far very exciting yeah. and we can't wait you know to take it to the next level and yeah. have more people coming and joining the, the you know the foundation so that's great great I want to hear more details about the the foundation and what the goals are, but we're going to take a little break first. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Music for this commercial break is brought to you by Rectech, and this track is called Dues Paid. This episode is brought to you by One House. At One House, we noticed that most serious chefs and managers don't hang out in brightly lit offices, so we go out in the field to gather the best talent wherever they may be. We meet and talk to them, like humans used to do back in the day. We are the people people. Our talent sourcing covers salaried dining room, kitchen, and corporate professionals. We thrive in Michelin-starred, James Beard, and -and mom-and-pop environments alike, from coast to coast. Drop us a line at one-haus.com or at info at one-haus.com for our confidential, up-to-date, and relevant career options, or if you're an operator seeking a culinary or management-level pro.
Welcome back to All in the Industry and Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guests today are Louise Fongrichten and Cedric Fongrichten. They're the co-founders with their father, John George, of Food Dreams Foundation. And uh, when did this launch, Food Dreams, re- recently? So we uh, officially launched it, uh, it was September 27. Uh, but we've been working on the foundation for about eight months now to put all the legal structure and the web, pa- web page that is uh, online right now. Uh, but the r- official launch where we had like media and donors and... At uh, Perry Street. At Perry Street. Your restaurant. And exactly. I was there. You're, and that's right. it was a treat because your food is exceptional beyond just being there among the, everyone in that room. Thank you. Um, yeah, I love your restaurant. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> it's my favorite, too. Oh, come on, guys. I'm blushing now. You get, you get a sunset, too. I mean, you get a view. You get, you get the whole thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. So, okay, so you officially launched in September. And right. so what you say you're bridging the gap between students and the working culinary community. So how, how is that working? Like. So, so basically, we are actually partnering with the Culinary Institute of America, where Cedric went to, to school with his wife, Ochi. Mm-hmm. And um, we're doing a, a partnership where we are helping students, uh, passionate, like I said, from high schools that uh, want to get an education but cannot get that education at the Culinary Institute. And they will have, thanks to that scholarship, a program of two years, which is an associate degree. At the Culinary Institute, so we are sourcing. We are the foundation aim to source the students with the Culinary Institute of America based on different criteria that we put together. Uh, criteria varies between like having like a 3.5 GPA, um, making sure that you know they don't have the financial resource to to get that education. Um, we're asking also the students to send us a two-minute video to tell us why um, they should be you know the best student to get that scholarship and also they will have an in-person interview with Cedric at Perry Street yeah, they'll, they'll come in the kitchen kind of spend a whole day or evening to see what's you know what's a professional life in the kitchen and standing 8-10 hours and sweating and maybe have them cook something and you know sit down and at the end of the, the evening t- at the end of the evening basically talk and uh, and we'll go from there and hope, you know have them motivated and really like show like you know this is what I want to do this, you know this is my passion uh, you know the heat the standing up long time doesn't bother me so you know that's what we want to make sure but yeah they, they really want to be there and they really want to, they are motivated to get uh, that scholarship um, passionate students really important to us and want to make sure through that selection process that we we get the the best students is there a, a limit to how many students you're accepting to so start, it, it really varies. Um, you know, it's our first year, so based on the donation that we have already, and we hope to get more. Um, we are currently, we can currently help about ten students. Uh, for the first year, we are aiming at twenty students. That's really the, the target, and we hope to go beyond that number. And then, of course, opportunity after they graduate. You know, we have, like you know, like you say, restaurant around the world is giving them the opportunity to exactly uh, in the mentorship, basically placing them in some of the restaurant if they would like to, and you know, that's kind of the goal. Yeah, to stage. I saw you stage at amazing restaurants. I stage a lot. I was like, when is the staging going to finish? <laughs> Stage professional. <laughs> but I feel nowadays, I, I don't. You know, lots of people 
see the chefs on TV and mm-hmm. they think it's like, boom, I want to be, be, become a chef. And it's a quick road. And I feel people, um, older generations are not like you're old at all, but like you paid your dues. Like you've gone around and you've, you know, you've learned from chefs around the world and until you are ready to yeah. run your own I mean, kitchen. It's important to build a very strong background, you know, roots and understanding all this different, like, of course, the, the old school cooking, you know, the French, knowing the new one, you know, the, from Spain and the different, how to use all the different techniques and ingredients. If you just go right in there and, oh, I'm going to be the chef in this restaurant, I feel like you're going to feel maybe not as confident mm-hmm. for a week or so. And, and in the long term, you know, not as creative, probably. So it's important to really, you know, tra- train, train and be patient and keep on training and you'll become a chef. <laughs> yes. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody except the two of us. I actually, I, I actually went to a, a, a small cooking school in Chicago back before I moved to New York in the late 90s thinking I wanted to be a chef. And I, I dabbled in it. And so I know, I know what it's like to stand in a kitchen and to... I, I mean, I was doing garmanger once in a kitchen and I would see the people over by the heat doing the hard stuff. I was like, how am I ever going to do that? <laughs> but um, yeah, no, having that experience helps me today in what I do. But I feel it is important for students to get in a kitchen and see what it's really like. Exactly. Yeah. You still have the, the feel like is. I mean, if we give you a scholarship and then you're like, oh, um, you, know, this right. is, you know, this is not actually what I wanted. We just want to make sure it's the right fit for both. And, you know, you, yeah, this so is really passion. Yeah, so they don't drop after like three months of, you know, right. during the degree. Yeah. So so as far as the, the funds from the foundation, this is something that's donation-based? That's right. So it's mostly um, private donors. Uh, so that's why we did that uh, mm-hmm. small gathering to launch. Uh, we invited potential donors that would be interested in participating uh, in the foundation. Uh, and we're going to do more of those events, uh, uh, ticketed events, mm-hmm. mostly. We'll have uh, Cédric, Jean-Georges cooking, maybe other chefs also involved. And uh, so there are really different ways of gathering money for, for the website or, you know, you can find the information on the website to do a donation by check. Um, we're going to do some event, sport event as well that we are planning for early next year and uh, gala, small dinners. Uh, where people will be able to buy those tickets and all the profits will be uh, given for the foundation. So there are really like three different ways where we are gathering money. That's great. Yeah. And I, anything happening at the Chef's Club, the connection? Exactly, okay. that's right. So one of the first dinners, so we're still like doing the planning for uh, 2017, but will be at Chef's Club. Um, so we are still uh, defining the date. It will be like sometime early January. But we'll do a dinner with Cedric, uh, JG, um, and it's going to be pretty much like a von Gerichten family dinner, and we're going to invite also like you know some donors and people that are interested again on the foundation, and just regular people who want to dine and experience a dinner cooked by Cedric and Jean Georges, and we'll do some auction, uh, silent auction, and all the benefits will go to the foundation as well. So something is happening at Chess Club soon. Oh, good. I love Chef's Club. I mean, I think what you guys are doing there is incredible. And it's it's such a unique venue. And Didi Elena running That's culinary right. program. It's just, it's yeah, it's, um, it's special. We have fun stuff happening. Yeah. We have really uh, fun, uh, fun chefs coming from all over the world. Uh, more to come in 2017 also. Uh, so please come back. <laughs> I will. I see. I, and, and Aaron, he does such a great yeah. job um, curating. curating chefs. I mean, from around the world, it's That's it's, it's you're only going to get that 
that experience they feel at your restaurant. Yeah, and we just yeah. actually launched um, last uh, week the new menu. So it's really uh, the concept is really stronger and stronger, and it's really 25 dishes on the menu by 25 chefs. So it's one dish per chef. So oh, we have, okay. Uh, up and coming chef. We have established chef. Um, really like a different uh, curation from all over the, the world. Oh, so that's what's in the main dining room, Currently. the standard. Okay. That's right. We just launched it uh, a week ago. So I'm, like, I'm, should come over I'm late. Try. I'm late to the game. <laughs> a week late. I have to come by. Please come. So uh, let me ask you my question that I had for my last guest on episode 120. I had on Naomi Gygus Downey. She's the nonprofit fundraising executive at City Harvest. So she would like to know... How would you suggest a young or new chef get involved in some sort of charity? What are some ways that they could find a charity or support the community? A younger chef who doesn't have maybe big bucks. <laughs> to get involved, you mean like to, uh, how 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 do you suggest a young chef or yeah. in the industry get involved in a charity or you know participate in what's in the industry beyond well, cooking in their kitchen? I mean, like, you know, just like to take food dreams as an example, I think uh, we are welcoming like any anyone in the industry actually has a lot of people who are asking, like, how can I help you? Um, so I think from the chef perspective, uh, we are going to do like a lot of uh, dinners, like I said. And the idea is really to um, to have not only us in the family, but to have other chefs cooking. So definitely uh, being involved by participating in one of the events that we'll be doing, that would be like a really uh, amazing way to participate in uh, in our foundation and I think in many other foundations as well. If uh, they go on the, the website on the, the Food Dreams, they can directly contact there and if, you know, if they're interested in doing, from setting up uh, the dining room or even prepping and cooking your thing, then no problem. Everybody's welcome. Also just support like, you know, like on the communication side also is very important. Uh, we had actually already like um, for food dreams like people even like uh, at the Union Square Market actually we met some farmers not a chef but farmers and they are you know uh, they don't have a lot of money to donate but uh, they have a lot of followers on Instagram social media so they've been posting about the foundation uh, so also on the, that communication side is very important and chef they have a lot of followers on Instagram on because people love to see their pictures and see what they are posting on a daily basis so. Uh, helping communicating about what the foundation is about and what's our mission, I think it's it's a tremendous help as well. Terrific. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to take another break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to play my speed round game and talk some industry news. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. This is on the Industry and Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bear. My guests today are Luis von Richten and Cedric von Richten. It's time for my speed round game. 
what this is, is I name two or more things, either or, pref, and you give your preference. If I'm okay. explaining that right, like chocolate or vanilla. Vanilla. Chocolate. <laughs> I love it. Siblings. <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. Okay, so here we go. Eat in or eat out? Out. Eat out. <laughs> what you say? Out. 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 Both out. out. Okay. <laughs> Wine, beer, cocktail, or mocktail? Wine. All, all the above counts? Or <laughs> Whatever works for you. Except the mocktail. <laughs> Except the mocktail. Get rid of that one. Okay. Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. A la carte. I like how you say that. A la carte. A la carte. <laughs> I love the accent. Small plates or large plates? Small plates. It's weird. I'm going to say small plate, but then we say a la carte, so it's like... It doesn't go together. It's, it's not consistent. <laughs> they're, they're separate either or, either or picks. Mm-hmm. Anyways. How about communal table or chef's counter? Chef's counter. Chef's counter. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping. Tipping. That's something that I love about America. In France, it's all-included, but here it's, you know, it's yeah. good. Yeah. It's really good. Molten chocolate cake or the Sunday at ABC Kitchen? The Sunday at ABC Kitchen. Molten. Even though I ate thousands of it, but it's like the molten chocolate cake. I, I had a hard time trying to figure out what to compare to the molten chocolate cake. <laughs> but, yeah, they're both delicious. Yeah, I would probably go with Molten. Okay, a couple more. Cooking for your dad or being cooked for by your dad? Cooked for by my dad. Cooking for my dad. <laughs> That's cool. All right. It's because I don't know how to cook. <laughs> Do you cook at all? I, I'm getting better at it. I'm really uh, getting better at it, so I think uh, I wouldn't say he's looking at me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> well, there's a lot of pressure, I would imagine, okay. within your family. That's I would thing. feel it. All the men are cooking, and all uh-huh. the women are having She's wine. She's taking actually. care of the cocktails, the wine, you know. exactly. the service. Yeah, That's my... oh, it's teamwork. <laughs> okay, two more: cheese plate or dessert? Dessert. Dessert. Manhattan or Brooklyn? Manhattan. Manhattan. Great. Sorry, uh, we love Brooklyn, too. <laughs> that's the game. You guys, I, I knew it would be fun. Who won? No, okay. <laughs> I don't, that's what you guys, I'm not getting into that. You both won. Okay. So industry news, funny enough, there was an article in Bloomberg Pursuits yesterday titled, Star New York Chef to Open Casual Dining Restaurant in London. Who are they talking about? John George von Richten, who's opening a new place in London um, at the... Conat, am I saying that? Conat Hotel? Conat Hotel, mm-hmm. yeah. Conat Hotel. And I know, I know he's had places before in London. Yes. Did you guys ever live in London with I, him? Yeah, I worked okay. actually. We had a Vong, uh, Vong oh, restaurant right. at mm-hmm. the Berkeley Hotel, um, which closed a while ago. But yeah, where was, was that? It was like 15 years ago or something. Like it was, yeah, it was maybe. I'm, not, I'm pretty old, but yeah, it was about <laughs> that time. I wasn't sure. You're... Cedric, you're older, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, please come on. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want. I I was pretty pretty sure of that, but yeah. Confirmation. Yeah. How many years apart, are you guys? Is that two? Five, five and a half years. But okay. he looks really young. Huh? Looks like a baby. You both. You both look. No, but 
Come on. Pretty young. Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. twins. We're twins. You could. That's true. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So are you excited about this this restaurant that your dad's going to be opening? Yes. He hasn't been. Uh, he didn't open. I mean, he had I mean, the spice market also in between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's very exciting. London is a happening city. So. Very exciting. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't been to London in several years, but I'd like to go. And check out the dining scene. The food oh. scene, I mean, is you know, it's great there. But I mean, he's before that. There's about there's about what another seven, eight openings happening. So it's like <laughs> it's like yeah. so. Uh, I don't know. How does he do it? <laughs> maybe TV soon, and you know, like this, mm-hmm. uh, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Upper East Side, right? Yeah. There's a, there's there's a bunch, but it's hard to keep track actually. Yeah. Well, but the- London is exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited about this one, yeah, because I don't know. I have memories actually of. Uh, us when we were living in France and my dad had that restaurant in Berkeley, at the Berkeley Hotel I remember we went there once mm-hmm. uh, on vacation yeah. it was one of the best vacations actually uh, with, with our dad that I remember so it has a special meaning to me London well, it had a special meaning to Bloomberg too. Yeah. Well, they were they were they were noting how um, Helen DeRose, 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 yeah. She also has a restaurant in this hotel, yes. so that was making it even more like special. a grand. Mm-hmm. She's grand amazing. Place. Yeah. She came to cook at Chef's Club actually uh, oh. last year. She's a uh, she's a really great chef. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Missed it. Next time. Next time. Okay, so other news. This week, the Michelin Guide for San Francisco came out. They now have six three-star restaurants. They they gave a three-star to Quince, uh, which is now... So they were saying in this article how San Francisco and New York now both have, three, have six three-star restaurants, and the New York list is coming out November 17th. Mm-hmm. So as a chef or people in the industry, I mean, what... Do you are you are you awaiting the Michelin to come out? I mean, what's your what's I mean, your take on on these awards? I, I like for I mean, it's for me it's very important. It's great um, accolades, and but we it's not like we like today. I didn't know that. I mean, I just knew this since this morning. But the, right, Zagat, right. the Zagat came in. You know, my yes. wife is like, hey, come in. We're excited. We go through the book and we read it, and you know, we call all the chefs. Um, so I mean, yes, it's great, and especially better when you actually get you know star, two star, three star, and all great grading. Uh, but at the end of the day, for I mean, for me, it's having a restaurant or restaurants that are like successful, consistent, busy, and you know people leaving the restaurant and they're like you know satisfied and they can't wait to come back. But of course, you know the having all those different trophies, you know, it's, it's great. It's great for the staff. It's great for the morale, and you know, it's a, it, it's good. Yeah, I, I saw Zagat came out today, too, yeah. and you're Perry Street number 49 in the yeah. top 50 list, which is awesome. Not bad at all, yeah. That's and they, they came out with, like, a new kind of new system, the number also. Out of, before it was out of 30, now it's, like, oh, out it's of 5. Oh, it's the 5 or, point. Um, yeah, the 5 yeah, point. Yeah, we talked about that a while back on my show. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to go through it more thoroughly. I was just looking at the top list, and John George was number 3, and yeah. Nougat Team was number 18. Mm-hmm. So you guys did well. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> not bad at all. Very good. Mm. So, yeah. Do you see influence, you think, when these lists come out? Do, do you get a reaction at Perry Street? Um, or should I ask you that in, like, a week from now? Maybe a week from now. <laughs> maybe, uh, I mean, I know tonight we're very busy, but that was, you know, the last three days it was already, you know, pretty uh, pretty booked. Uh, I'm sure on some different guides it might attract a little more tourists than others. Uh, but, again, you know, Perry Street is like a, like a destination and like a neighborhood restaurant, so we constantly busy and that might that might make it even busier if you get a better you know better review but you know doesn't i don't see much right. difference for now yeah 
Yeah. What about at Chef's Club? Is your clientele mostly locals or is it tourists? So we have a really good mix. Um, we have a lot of uh, people living in the neighborhood because we are located at Mulberry Street. There's a lot of uh, people living around. Uh, so we have a bunch of uh, regular guests coming and like even just drinks at the bar, eating like small plates. And we have people that come also as a destination because it's an experience, especially when we have those uh, visiting chefs coming. Uh, they book like uh, a month, two months ahead of time because they know that you know, there is a particular chef. So there is really a good mix between um, being a destination and being just like a day-to-day place where you come and eat and casually at your neighbor neighborhood restaurant. Right. Both. Both a little bit. Both. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, great. So that was industry news. We're going to take one more break, come back, I'm going to do my, my solo dining experience, and then we're going to do uh, a new thing called the final shout-out. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Music for this break is brought to you by Taxstar, and this track is called Pianissimo Short. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience. So this week it's at Harold's Meat and Three. Here's the rundown. Location, 2 Renwick Street, New York, New York. The concept, a low-key, southern-style eatery inside the new Arlo Hotel, Hudson Square. The chef, Harold Moore, formerly of Commerce in New York City. Why did I go? Because I'm a Harold fan, and his new place sounded intriguing. My experience. So on a rainy Friday night, I found my way to a cozy banquette in the dining room located in the back of the hotel. I spotted Harold and his right-hand gal, Julia Grossman, who together are running the show. We chatted a bit. It was very nice to see them both. And service was attentive. What did I get? I had, well, the menu is designed to choose one main and three sides, hence meat plus three. So I went lightish. I had the grilled salmon with red wine sauce plus crushed cauliflower, elote corn, and Japanese sweet potatoes. There was also fresh bread to start and a complimentary, adorable mini ice cream cone to end. My take, the salmon was perfectly cooked for me, nice and medium rare, and I enjoyed all of the sides, especially the corn, which came in a little stick and was super flavorful. The ambiance, big, bright, airy, with a modern yet casual feel. There's a salad bar, a large bar, and a communal table, plus an open kitchen in the back. Perfect for Southern Cravings, New York City style. Interesting tidbit. Harold is overseeing all of the hotel's food service from breakfast to dinner and its bar and rooftop lounge, which apparently has a nice view of the Hudson. Personal fun fact, next time I go, I will indulge in a real meaty meat plus three. And I'm talking about the prime rib sourced from Pat Lafrida, which I've heard is outstanding and ginormous. The cost, $25, not including tax and gratuity. Would I go back? Yes. Website is heraldsmeatin3.com. There you have it. So, typically now I say it's time for the final question. But 
I haven't confirmed my guest yet for next week because I had a little cancellation. So um, I decided instead we're going to do the final shout outs because I have been to a lot of events and things this week and a lot of things have happened. So I have a bunch of shout outs. I don't know if you guys have anyone like anything you've that's happened this week or any person or anything that that you want to give a little like shout out like hey congrats or i can yeah yeah uh, shout out to my sous chef okay <laughs> he went on vacation and you know went a little hiking and you know broke his leg so can he feel better and we'll see you soon okay man feel better oh wow that's a good one i mean not not a good one but <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think uh, also like staying in to the, the culinary world, I would say that uh, shout out to our new general manager who started la- last week. Uh, so she's new and she needs uh, support from all the team and uh, wish her the best of luck and uh, welcome to the Chess Club family. Oh, that's great. I love it. <laughs> So uh, I had a few. I had um, Jordana Rothman was just uh, named new restaurant editor at Food & Wine magazine. So a shout-out to her. It's a big role, taking over from Kate Crater, who's now at Bloomberg. Um, so that's cool. And then I was at a bunch of events this week. I wanted to uh, shout-out to Le Dame Escoffier in New York. They had this great event the Next Big Bite, which was at the Institute of Culinary Education. It was a great panel with Kate Crater, Carla Hall, and Talia Balucci, moderated by Martha Teichner. It was also at the Food Film Festival celebrating its 10th year. Congrats to George Motz. Last night, the Institute, the International Culinary Center had a wonderful celebration and remembrance for Dorothy Kane Hamilton. Um, she had a show on Heritage Radio Network called Chef Story, which is in the archives, and anyone, um, I would say, Cedric, you would probably love her shows. I would always enjoy listening because it, it tells the story of chefs, like from how they got into the industry. So very sad that she passed away, but, you know, it's great that we have these archives of, of history. A couple more I had. Star Chefs had their event at the Brooklyn Expo Center, which had an amazing lineup of international chefs. And then Franklin Becker did Autism Speaks event at the Dream Hotel earlier this week, benefiting Pop Earth, and um, also in another amazing lineup of chefs involved. And so, yeah, those are those are all mine. Wow. <laughs> those are very busy. <laughs> I am. I I keep trying to get less busy, and I can't figure out how because there's so many events and things going on, and these are all great causes yeah. and 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 great things. So there's always something happening, right? There really is. But yeah, I'm. I don't know. How, I, I kind of I think I keep the pace of, of a chef in a kitchen working those those hours. <laughs> so um, that's the show. Great, though. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you, Sherry, for having us. Thank you so much. I'm congratulations. I mean, I think it's 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 terrific what you guys are doing and that you founded a new foundation and you're looking to help help students and it's it's wonderful. Thank you for your support and you were here at you know the first launch and well well we hope to see you more. at all the events that we'll be doing. Happy if you want to come, come back, back cooking, don't, you know, come in the kitchen, parachute, as you tell you, come back. This, this room, we're talking about staffing. <laughs> <laughs> it would be kind of fun. I, well, I don't know. I, I don't, yeah. A I little don't, stage, a little stage. Do you do that, though, with guests? Um, I don't know. Yeah, we did a couple, you know, uh, 
guests. We did also some acting. You know, actors, they wanted to know how to hold a knife. Mm-hmm. We did uh, a bunch of cooking school also on site. So they came down in Perry Street and we're showing a demonstration how to do a rice cracker crusted tuna, like one of our main dishes right. or something. Yeah. So, yeah, we do we do a bunch of stuff. And it's not a humongous kitchen, but it's a decent size and we we'll, can teach you a lot. But I bet it's very pretty, pristine, like, like well clean, beautiful it's, kitchen. It's my second home. <laughs> so great. Well, I'll I'll think about it. And anyone else out there, now you know. Great. Okay, so to, f- to finish up, let me just tell you, everyone. I've been speaking with Louise von Richten and Cedric von Richten, They're the co-founders with their father John George of Food Dreams Foundation at John George Foundation. Their website is fooddreams.org. Run through some social media. So on Twitter. It's at Luis Vong, and on Instagram, you're at Luis Vong Richten. On both handles, uh, Cedric is said Von Richten, or on both social media platforms, I should say. And John George is at John George on Twitter and at Chef JV, Chef JGV on Instagram. And on Instagram, it's at Food Dreams Foundation. That's I think right. I got all that. Yeah. All right, okay. cool. You can find me at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, at All Industry. Check out my Facebook pages, All in the Industry, and my websites are BayerPublicRelations.com and SherryBayer.com. As a reminder, all of our shows are archived at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We are also on iTunes and Stitcher. Many thanks to my show's fall season sponsor, which is One House Hospitality Headhunters. Their website is one-house.com, Twitter one underscore house, and Instagram one house, and that's O-N-E-H-A-U-S. Thanks to my engineer, Pierre. I'm Sherry Bayer. Thank you for being part of All in the Industry. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.